Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Parkash Khatri, the founder and CEO of Intrepid Managed Discovery, an e-discovery managed review and deposition services provider. Welcome back to the Reinventing Professionals podcast, Parkash. Thank you for having me, Ari. It's good to be back. Tell us about your background and the genesis of Intrepid Managed Discovery. My background is in information technology auditing, but eventually through doing that for about four or five years, I moved into e-discovery space. And that started because I was part of a company called Cardinal Health. They spun off their medical technologies division called CareFusion, which was headquartered in San Diego. So as part of that transition, I ended up taking on the ownership of building the in-house e-discovery division there, setting up the infrastructure, the software processes, and just managing council and everything else that came with it. Did that for about a good three years or so, three or four years in-house. And then eventually asked myself the question of what do I want to do when I grow up, which lent itself to me getting into consulting, which lent itself to business development. But my ultimate goal was always to start my own company. So every step that I took since taking on that role in-house at CareFusion was essentially building towards the genesis of Intrepid. Intrepid itself came about somewhat randomly. I didn't know whether or not I was ready to do it, but around December of 2019, I left my well-paying job knowing that we were expecting a child in 15 days which was December 15th, I, I, we had our daughter and that inspired me to start Intrepid. The name itself has a story behind it as well, but that's the motive behind it. Prakash, you have to tell us the genesis of the name Intrepid since you set it up so clearly there. Yeah, so we were debating a bunch of different names, so the traditional Katri or uh, my wife's last name or combination thereof. Nothing was really clicking to me, uh, but one, one random night, I was just kind of laying awake in between not sleeping because of our newborn and just with all this, this naming and starting a new company in my mind. And I had this very distant memory of my father that just came to me in that moment. And just for context purposes, when I moved to the United States, it was after my father was killed by terrorists in Pakistan, uh, and I moved within two months of that. So this old memory of him came where we had, when we moved to the United States initially, we, he had bought a car and I asked him, hey, how come we didn't buy this other car that was poster of a car on my cousin's wall? And that car was a Dodge Intrepid. So I'm like, huh, Intrepid has a nice ring to it. And so at 2 a.m. I look up the, the meaning of the name Intrepid and means fearless. And I'm like, holy crap. This, I think, personifies exactly what I'm looking for right now and what I need. And I just took that as a blessing in disguise and, and hopefully a blessing tucked away for almost 20, 25 years at that point and ran with it. You mentioned starting this company in late 2019, early 2020. How did you overcome the challenges of starting a business during a global pandemic? It certainly wasn't planned that way. If we had known the pandemic was coming, there's a high likelihood that Intrepid would have never started, but we dealt with the cards that, that were given to us and it actually turned out to be a really good opportunity. 
as a startup, one of the biggest things that I wanted to do is take the lessons that I had learned in-house, which is creating really efficient workflows, maximizing the people you have, the technology you have to do the work that can be automated. So starting out Intrepid without the overhead of, let's say, a physical office, for example, since nobody was signing up for offices, and in fact, people were trying to get rid of their offices, allowed us to reduce our overhead cost right off the bat. And since I last ran in-house technologies 14, 15 years ago and had worked with several other vendors on automation and streamlining, I realized that there were enough software available in the market that had had essentially built that end-to-end e-discovery model. So all I had to do was leverage or pick one of those technologies that was best suited for our needs and our clients' needs and automate as much as possible and then insert really smart people into the picture from a workflow standpoint to drive the work product and the differentiation for us. How has the pandemic and industry consolidation affected the way lawyers and legal professionals approach discovery today? The pandemic itself, of course, forced everything to be remote. What's interesting is that remote technology had been available for a long time, but it accelerated, of course, the adoption of it. Nobody was using Zoom on a regular basis until the pandemic started and then everyone started using it. So similarly, there were technologies available for remote access, remote collections. Obviously, platforms like uh, review platforms in general were all accessible via the web. So the pandemic changed people's mindset of where you needed to be, or in our case, didn't need to be. So essentially opened up the whole world to be able to work remotely, do collections remotely, do reviews remotely, which really, again, was an opportunity. As far as how the consolidation has impacted it, one of the biggest things that I've noticed working with smaller and big vendors, myself being a buyer at one point, is that typically when consolidation happens, one of the biggest things that goes out the door is the client services component of it. So I think e-discovery, though there's a lot lot of consolidation in the industry, the services component is really what's the driver behind buying decisions. Initially, people might buy for pricing purposes, but eventually people realize that there is a cost for good service. So that just the fact that we're smaller, nimble, starting out in the middle of a pandemic and had a really good client space to just to start out with allowed us to differentiate ourselves to those clients. So consolidation in general has also essentially helped players like Intrepid in being able to succeed and differentiate ourselves. What is it that distinguishes your approach to e-discovery and managed review? One of the biggest things that I've learned over the years is specialization is key. In e-discovery, it can be specialization related to the type of projects you do, the vertical integration, so to speak. So over the last 10 years that I've been on the consulting side of the business, my specialization had been pharmaceutical litigation. So we essentially took that same philosophy and what you have learned over the years and transitioned that into the basis for what Intrepid is. That has, of course, since then evolved. So we're generally doing patent litigation as an umbrella, employee, labor and employment litigations, as well as more recently, I would say in the last 12 months or so, some really large DOJ investigations. But the key to all that is having those specialized teams that you can take to your client base 
that they can have a get assurance that we'll be able to predict a lot of the things that they haven't thought about yet on their behalf, which is essentially what they're paying us to do. How do the deposition services that Intrepid provides align with its e-discovery offerings? We started evaluating deposition services, I would say, mid last year. And what I realized as part of that evaluation is depositions are part of discovery, just like E is part of discovery, that there's discovery outside of the electronic part of it and then whatever happens afterwards. So given that it is our goal is to be an end-to-end service provider, adding deposition services made complete sense to us. We already are working with a lot of clients. We go through a discovery, we go through a doc review. So why not also check off that particular component of it? The biggest question that came to us was how do we compete with existing service provider even in the deposition services stage? And what we ended up doing is um, a lot of people had, of course, again, gone remote. And a lot of companies were using Zoom as a platform. I think they still are doing it for the, the for the most part. There are some depositions that are starting to go back in person. But what we realized is that Zoom lacks the ability to do exhibit sharing, annotation, witness marking, and things like that. So we identified a platform that was well-suited for that specific need. It's purpose-built to be able to combine the video component of it with the exhibit sharing and annotation component of it. And we branded that as Intrepid Live and have been going to market with it. And I would say 95% of the, the people that we show it to love it and they end up migrating. And the, the 5% that don't is a typical mindset of let's find that right case to try it on before we try new technology, which is not unusual for our space. What can service providers do to better persuade their clients and prospects to adopt either new technology or a new approach to an existing process? With attorneys um, or any buyers in this space, biggest issue is risk. Knowing how much risk there is in a process that's working and breaking it and accepting that risk. So my goal has always been, and whenever I go into a sales meeting, the, the goal and approach is to show my perspective buyer how this reduces the risk and more importantly it does not introduce any additional risk so long as you can show that there's no additional risk being introduced into the mix and you can only get a benefit out of applying a certain technology or a workflow um, then people are much more likely to be able to sign up on that buying, buying decision how do you effectively manage a remote team Part of managing a remote team comes from hiring well. You want to make sure that the team that you've hired is excited and is qualified. That's the the people component of it. It's not necessarily easy to solve, but if you know enough people and have worked with enough people in the industry, you can find that talent that's really going to drive your ability to say, I don't care where you sit. You can go out to Mexico and work. I don't really care so long as I get that good work product out of it. Um, and then just in general, there are technologies available. So again, uh, to use Zoom as an example, it doesn't really matter where we're sitting. Zoom, we can use platforms for integrations with communications, as well as in, in instances where are, there are needs from a client perspective to have secure workspaces partnered with companies like Secure Review. I have rebranded since then. 
believe it's called Session Guardian. But those are some of the platforms that are available for us lock down workspaces as much as we need to to get that same level, if not better, security that would be in a brick and mortar business. How do you see the e-discovery market evolving in 2023? I think we're going to see a lot more smaller players that continue to do well and succeed. The There is, of course, talks about a recession coming. We're not seeing that necessarily on our end. Um, year over year, we're growing at the rate of 85 to 100%, just as intrepid. So we're feeling pretty excited and bullish about 23 in general, and, and we continue to expand into it. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Parkash Khatri, the founder and CEO of Intrepid Managed Discovery, an e-discovery manager review and deposition services provider. Parkash, thank you so very much. Thank you for having me, Ari. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.